Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into the fridge whenever you're in Manhattan. I just saw a great video of five people stopping in the fridge when they were in Manhattan. Well, they didn't pay for anything, but they stopped in and, and picked up a bunch of stuff. Go watch that video. Just shoplift in the open. Do that. That's a good idea. Don't mess with the fridge. Mike is really mean. He will come after you. He'll probably put on his little uh, superhero tights. You don't want to know the whole story behind that. And just like uh, go solve the crime himself. The fridge right here in Manhattan, Kansas, where shoplifting is not appreciated in a small town. That, that was the ad. I talked about shoplifters. I don't know why I feel like that should have been the ad, but it was. Interesting day at Chris Kleiman's press conference as we record this on Tuesday afternoon. I'm Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert, your football trio for this podcast since Cole Carmody's an adult with a real job. Forming young, young minds or young mimes at Junction City High School. I feel awful deals for Daniel Green. He comes back six year. He's approximately 37 years old already, um, ish. And now he's done. And it turns out it was a, we thought it was a shoulder, but it was a torn pec, which he required surgery done for the rest of the year. We, we didn't see Treshawn Ward get hurt. Apparently it was late in the game and he's, very doubtful for Saturday, which I think means he's not going to play. And uh, Will Howard was listed as questionable as Chris Kleiman literally gave us an NFL injury report. It's very nice of him to do. It was great. It was he was very upfront about it. Mixed feelings from people around the program, whether Will Howard will play or not. I'm hearing it's severe bruising, and I mean bad. Um, and I think his knee must be one of the areas where it's got into the joint and it's so he didn't practice Mondays, not practicing Tuesday as we record this. They hope to get him back into practice. And one group of people thinks if he can practice at all, he'll play. I tend to think unless he's really good enough to go where they're not worried about more injury. They might go with Avery Johnson, and Will will be available if that doesn't work. Or Will just won't be good enough to go, and they'll have to go with Avery. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting day at the Bill, or night at the Bill. It's a 7 p.m. kick on FS1 as UCF. Don't call them Central Florida, even though that's the school's name, because their fans will get pissed. What if we got pissed about all of a sudden just decided, you know, you can't call us Kansas State. you got to call us KSU. Everyone got pissed at Mizzou for tweeting K-State without a hyphen in it. They got real mad about it. Well, that's just poor taste. That's probably done on purpose. Poor grammar. K-State. That's my alma mater. Are we ready to do the questions from Wild Bass Station? Oh, You've yeah. got to be a VIP at GoPyrocat to ask these questions. You might want to just go take care of that right now. Just sign up for VIP status. Get behind the paywall at GoPyrocat. And enjoy, if you enjoy the podcast and the videos and all the stuff we do for free, um, help us out. Come, 
come join the site and actually see the inside stuff we post on the board. Give us a try. One dollar. One dollar for a stinking month. You get a whole month for a dollar. That that's one one dollar. One dollar for thirty days. Zach will tell you that that's not much money. Is that what three cents? Three point three cents a day. I think that's accurate. I think you're correct. And that's more sense than this podcast will make. Uh, okay. Brad Gilbert, questions? Wabash Station, go. First question is from from Jerome Yang. Did K-State really just get outcoached by Mizzou? Um, yeah. I'm reluctant to say it, but I think so. It wasn't just outcoached. It was out, you name it. Well, if you look at players doing the wrong things at the wrong time and not having eye discipline, like Chris Kleiman said, and breaking down in fundamentals, yeah, you can blame coaching on that, too. But they weren't disciplined enough to stick with what they were taught. Uh, The biggest coaching factor in the game was the fact that Missouri came out and threw the ball when we, as in K-State, expected them to run. And on defense, pressured the line at a higher rate than they had shown. And it struck me that neither sets of coaches for K-State made quick adjustments to that. They struggled with it. In fact, I don't think the offense ever figured out what it wanted to do in the face of that pressure. They just tried to do whatever they could to make it work. I think K-State got out Luther burdened more than they got out coached. I think that... I think you can look at a couple plays that Mizzou had where they probably outperformed what they were expected to do, and K-State just simply underperformed from a playing standpoint. I don't think that anybody got necessarily outcoached. I think that the rain may not have seen it on TV, and it really wasn't that hard of a rain, but I think that the rain probably was more of an equalizer between the two teams than I would have expected. You know, going into the game, I was thinking that if anything, K State would benefit from the rain, and and Missouri, Mizzou would not. <laughs> you doing fence? I just wanted to take a battery out, and it's attached <laughs> by, and so it's making oh. the worst noises. Hell, I'll just. Hear. Oh goodness! <laughs> Very loud. <laughs> Headphone user warning. Oh, oh my! <laughs> okay, let's go on with the podcast now. Jeez. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Something about the that. rain. Yeah, I thought the rain would be. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I thought I thought the rain would be more of an equal, uh, less of an equalizer. I thought it'd be more of an advantage for K State, but it, it definitely was more of an equalizer. Um, yeah, I think just you can chalk it up to just plays, some things happening at the wrong time, K State being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and them just being incredibly fortunate with the field goal and having a kicker that had not only a sixty-one yard leg, but the wind was blowing straight out in that direction at that time of the game. By the way, folks, if you have any question about how physical that game was, Will Howard's questionable for Saturday, but Missouri's Brady Cook is also questionable for their game with Memphis and St. Louis. So those teams got after each other a little bit. But congratulations to both quarterbacks for gutting it out through the whole game. The best way to describe maybe getting out coached was Missouri in that five-yard penalty right before the end of the game. And then K-State, if that kick does not go in, we've, we've documented this at Go Power Cat, the, the penalty that would have been called with two players wearing the same number. That's kind of just the way you can describe this whole game. 
not just with coaching, but with the discipline, the technique, the fundamentals, all that stuff. And Fitz, you mentioned this on the post game podcast, I believe. Um, just you know, K State was not being able to adjust um, to what Missouri was doing, the two tight end looks and stuff like that. Why can't K State just dictate its own game? Why does it have to? cater to what Missouri does why can't K-State just do what it wants to do on offense and stuff and so at the end of the day I think that is technically getting out coached I would agree with that I I just thought Missouri dictated most of that game as you said and and but you're the ranked team I, I get it you're on the road in an SEC environment but you are the ranked team you have to be the team that dictates it and that's not what happened yeah not at all not at all they it just came out and floundered a little bit. And, you know, Missouri just did enough to win the game on a spectacular kick. Just, I, I still think there's a big gap between these teams. I, I'm sorry, I do. Missouri played extremely well in most areas of the game. Luther Burden, as you mentioned, was unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen a guy with that many yards after a catch. And, and you know, with not with one long run. I mean, it was like three or four long runs that added up to 80 plus yards of yak. And I just thought, you know, Missouri had more talent, but here we, here we were watching this game and K-State's in it. I mean, they, if they make a few plays at the end, they're, they're trying to kick the field goal to, to win and not the other way around, but they didn't. They gave the ball up and they paid the price. Is it worth, is it worth asking the question that if, Will Howard was not 100% healthy. Is that on the coaches to to not take him out and put in a, a healthy Avery Johnson? I thought there was a few times where they should have left Avery in once the injury happened. We'll get there. Okay. Sorry. I really do go one question at a time. You really here, do. Don't I? <laughs> Jeez. Next question from Adam K 63 Is the yeah, offensive line missing the fire they had from last season? Well, they've been out of place. I mean, they haven't had a single game now, you know, where they've had all five guys. Now, the good news, Christian Duffy will be back, but he's on a pitch count here, maybe 30 snaps in the game. Um, and so we're probably going to see two-thirds Carver Willis, one-third Christian Duffy. And and maybe they'll have some snaps where they move, you know, Taylor Portier in and Adley Panzer cross and BB back out to tackle. Maybe they'll go one-third, one-third, one-third. But then it disrupts multiple spots. And, you know, that's – that's kind of been the problem is they they need to get Beebs back in the middle of that offensive line next to Aiden Gillum, and that seems to be when they do their best work. But they also have to be sound at the tackle spot, which they just haven't been all year. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that everybody's been playing out of position to what they played last year. You're down Christian Duffy. Once Christian Duffy is 100% healthy, and as long as the rest of the line stays healthy as well, I think that the offensive line will finally shape up to what they they are known to have been and what they should be. Does anyone want to pet a dog? I'm I'm kind of doing double duty here. Yeah. <laughs> we have a very needy dog. If Daphne wants to come over here in my corner, she's more than welcome to. Yeah, but she, that's she, never she once happened. It. She won't do it. No way. If if Kansas State's offensive line can get healthy and stay healthy, then awesome. But <laughs> These injuries are adding up for Kansas State, so I know. no position group, no player is is in the clear. No. Portier has an injury history, right? Yeah. And Duffy, who knows if he re-aggravates something. So. Yeah, it's it's a mess, and 
I mean, I'm I'm sick for Daniel, but boy, they they need to get these other guys back. And you know, it's not just Daniel being out. I mean, Jake Clifton is backups out too. So you're going to have Austin Romain, a true freshman, starting at middle linebacker, and possibly Avery Johnson, a true freshman, starting at quarterback. So basically, your quarterbacks on both sides of the ball will be freshmen. Although Austin Moore will take over a lot of that quarterbacking on yeah. defense. K-State can get a win against UCF. The bye week really does come at a great time because you follow that with yeah. a, a pretty reason, a pretty easy road game at Oklahoma State. So a good time in, in terms of injuries. That's crazy. To say. It's just I don't crazy. know if I want to call it easy. Yeah, it'll be a great environment. I it'll mean, be fun. Hope, hopefully Oklahoma State fans haven't given up on their team after goodness. what they did last week. <laughs> I would. But. Well, if they go to Boy. Iowa State in the in – the, New version of the toilet bowl on Saturday and, and get blown out by a bad Iowa State team. That game is for sickos. Oh, that game is just, oh, my God. I mean, I they're going to be showing that game at Guantanamo Bay, and we're going to have all kinds of confessions down there. They're just going to be giving everyone up. Turn the game off! Thank you. That's it. That was it. That was my answer there. From... Cardio Cat 78. Really? Do you think he works out while he listens to this? Probably more than you. Boy, that hurt. That was that was just brutally honest and 100% correct. Let's, let's move on with the podcast now. Why, after Avery Johnson gets good second down yardage, do they take him nope, out on third down and third down and short for an injured Will Howard? Surely the coaches are burning their red shirt and realize his talent. Look, I mean, didn't matter. Redshirt wise, you'd already played the yeah. game, so Does it- I don't understand why they did it. I really don't. They they should have just left him in. And I mean, even if they wanted him to throw, the kid's capable of doing it. I don't understand this approach that he's he's fairly comfortable in the playbook. But for this game, we just had him in this limited running. And I'm like, what? that's not the playbook. It's that's not- one play or set of yeah. Plays. It's basically the same play over and over with yeah. different reads, and but. If there's a read to throw the ball, then I'm all in on it. I, I just I, I didn't understand the use of Avery. Uh, he should have been playing there late. When they took him out on third down, I knew it was trouble, and it was trouble. I think it's – I feel like if there's anything to blame the coaches on, it feels like they're protecting him from making mistakes and letting the team down if he doesn't somehow get the first down on third down. True. And, and I think that – if that's really what the goal is, I don't really know what they're doing. Because surely Avery's going to fail at some point, and there'll be adversity there. But at the same time, he just proved that he was able to get get you in to a third and short yardage after two good running plays, and just you completely change the momentum. You know, it's this isn't really a two quarterback situation here. It's just you know. Run, you know, run what's working. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they saw that they thought that putting Will in would would result in better success. I don't, I don't know. I agree. I, I don't get it. It reminds me of what happened with Martinez last year. D- don't rattle his confidence. If if there's one interception, then it's the end of the world. You got to take chances and you got to learn from from those mistakes, right? Yeah. And you weren't expecting Avery Johnson to throw an interception on third and short either yeah you're just asking him to get a couple yards well and the problem with will howard going out wide limping out to the wide receiver spot like he's not going to do anything it's like you know he's injured right you're playing down a man yeah at that point so 
Yeah. Missouri probably could have left him wide open. Oh, they could have. Avery probably wouldn't even looked his way. I, I like the idea of splitting him out if he's healthy, because then they got to defend against a throwback. But he's not. They're not doing anything with him when he can barely walk. I thought it was silly, guys. I just, I, I think they overthought it. Just, just strip it down, take him off the field, let Avery run the ball, or hand it off. I, I didn't. I don't understand how they did this. I, I will, we'll find out if Will's healthy enough to go, and you know, if he is, he'll play. And but if not, I think Avery will go, and I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. Just when the bullets get flying, that kid will play ball. Last question of the first half from Go Stay Kate. Why does K-State have so much trouble with injuries every year? Everyone does. It's just your team and you see it. I mean, UCF's coming to town with their quarterback sideline. They're on their backup quarterback. They've had other injuries. You know, it it just comes back to the history of Kansas State having key injuries at crucial times and not enough depth to correct it. It's been a notable drop-off. I think this coaching staff's done a good job of closing that gap. They have better depth. Yeah, they're going to play some true freshmen on Saturday. These true freshmen are really good. They're inexperienced. They haven't seen everything. But when you're putting in a young linebacker next to a fifth-year guy like Austin Moore, then you're, you're fine. I mean, it'll be the Austin show at linebacker with Austin Romaine and Austin Moore, but Austin Moore will get everyone lined up fine. He'll, he'll never be lost in what he's supposed to do. And physically, he can play. Yeah, I think it's the perception of depth over the years for K-State football. You lose a guy, you're like, well, we don't have anybody else. We're playing our best 22 out there. And the next 22 probably wouldn't be even the next 22 at another school that's in the Power Five. For the longest time, that's what it was for K-State. The gap is filled. I feel a lot more comfortable this season yeah. than even probably two or three seasons ago with what K-State has as a depth point, uh, you know, the amount of depth they have. And to your point, Chris Kleiman and the coaching staff has closed the gap to what it used to be. There's still definitely room for improvement, but at the same time, you're going to see a lot of true freshmen, and these true freshmen are really good, really talented, and they're going to be four-year players. They're going to play today or play this week on Saturday. They're probably going to be playing two, three years from now, too. So you get an early glimpse at the future of K-State football. It might not come at the time you want to see it, but this is the process of growing as a football program and adding more depth and letting the next man step up. One of the things I'm going to watch for K-State on Saturday is now that you're, I mean, let's be honest, Austin remains a third stringer um, with Clifton out and Green out. Do you go to Bo Palmer, the, you know, essentially the four string guy, if you need to take Romaine off the field? Or do you slide Austin Moore to the middle, which isn't ideal with his size, but he gets it, and then put Asa Newsom, Newsom in to replace him at weak side and uh, another true freshman that can flat out play. So I'm going to keep an eye on how they use Austin Moore in this game. I, I think he might have to play multiple positions just because they can't afford to take him off the field unless he's absolutely gassed. And I know one thing about current technology of machines. Machines don't get tired. 
Austin Morris named the machine. So that's what that was about. In case you didn't know that. Well, this is what we talked about in the first or the first question. This is that's coaching. What you just mentioned, that is all coaching. And do you want Austin Moore out there to switch positions or do you want the true freshman to come in? That's a coaching decision that, you know, there's dozens of those being made throughout the game. Look, I'm really comfortable with either one of those guys being on the field. I'm less comfortable with them being on the field together in this situation. I, I don't know if Kobe Savage then, you know, steps into that a little bit with making sure everyone gets lined up. Folks, there's always someone that makes sure everyone's in the right spot and understands it. On offense, it's been Cooper Beebe, and on defense, it's been Daniel Green. You always got to have those guys. You know, we go back to talking about the depth and how it's impacted, injuries have impacted K-State throughout history, and we all go back to 2012 when they go to Baylor without Ty Zimmerman. And they're they're broken. I mean, they just – was that the right season? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, they yeah. Left. I mean, they just weren't in a good position. He was the one that got everyone lined up on that defense, and then they weren't lined up right most of the game, and they they looked like it. And they brought in a really talented redshirt freshman, but Dante Barnell was a redshirt freshman as the backup, and I was troubled at how ill prepared he was. I mean, I. Again, they put all their focus into their best 22, as Zach said, and the backups weren't quite there. And I never quite understood that because we saw the history of that guy. Dante could play. He, got, he was really good by his senior year. I just thought he was ill-prepared by the coaching staff for that particular game. That's it. I agree. Thank you for the first half of the Go Powercat, Powercat podcast. The good news is Daphne has laid down. The petting session has ended. We'll come back and catch your questions from All Best Station. Boy, that sounded awful. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat questions podcast sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. You got to come to the game on Saturday with no booze. Those are the rules. You leave the home booze at home, and then you come to town and stop at the fridge, which is a short journey from the football stadium to the fridge. In fact, if you're coming from the west, it could be on the way. Just got to turn at the right corner, then you get it, you all your booze, and you put it in the cooler, and then you go up and take a left, and you're at the stadium. It's that easy. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor at the corner of Westport and Claflin, right here in Manhattan, Kansas. Or it's at the corner of this and that. And please don't shoplift. Along with your questions from Wabash Station, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert, who doesn't appreciate a dog fart that just took place in the studio. It's one of the work hazards. Hold on. Daphne's got a drink. Okay, she's done. Here we go. Your questions from Wabash Station. Thanks, Daph. From KSU number one, looking at UCF, what needs to improve to secure victory? This have to be more exact. I mean, they were just so bad on the back end of the defense. <laughs> My daughter's a loud drinker. They were just so bad on the back end of the defense. I, we, we talk about Brady Cook's numbers, and they were nice, but he just had to throw the ball out there. And the fast guy named Luther ran under it. 
Or he just threw it a short pass to Luther, and then Luther just ran through the defense. I thought K-State's defense got timid on the back end of that defense. I didn't think they pursued very hard. They were being cautious with Burden, and next thing you know, he's still just running free. So I think they just have to play with more confidence and get back on the same page and do their thing. And, my God, this offensive line needs to start dominating games like they did last year. This has been a great disappointment. They have a lot of drinking going on here. I think they need to – sounds really dumb, but they need to score more touchdowns. <laughs> they need to score more points than the I opponents, think, and they'll win. I think they've done really good those first drives all season scoring touchdowns. You know, I think that KC's a very good starting team, but it's about that second and third drive. What are they able to do? I think they probably need to have 21, 28 points at halftime. <laughs> This podcast is terrible. It's horrible. You got off horrible. the wrong foot. Haven't been but able to recover. I think they need to have a significant amount of points going into halftime. Um, you know, more red zone visits, more touchdowns from those visits. You know, I, I think you, you can't punt the ball. You can't go three and out. You can't punt the ball from your other half. What is she doing? She's like taking little drinks just to be the most disruptive possible. That's my, yeah. that's my girl. Yeah, you know what? They just have to come out with more fire. And I think this is a game in which the crowd will play a huge factor. This will be UCF's first road game. as it, Well, first game in the Big 12, but certainly road game. And let's be blunt. They don't run into crowds like they're going to see in Manhattan. Let's don't. Uh, maybe at Cincinnati. Their own fans are. Yeah, but that's, that's your home fans. Right, but it's as similar of an environment as right. you can ask for. It's just so, reversed. I think the fans will play some kind of factor. And Gus Malzahn mentioned that, you know, he was here with Auburn back, what, 14? Am I getting all these years right today? How do I do that? Is it 14? 2014. I, I, folks, I'm so bad at years and stuff. I'm, I'm impressed with myself. And he knows how loud it is. He said after the game, it was. Lauder than most SEC environments, so he's uh, he knows what he's getting into. The low-hanging fruit is the secondary. That group needs to be a lot better, and like you mentioned, Zach, just <laughs> being better in general. But the wide receiver, specifically Keegan Johnson, needs to be better. I know his circumstances with his injuries haven't helped things, but he had one catch against Missouri. R.J. Garcia had two catches. I know Garcia got off to a great start to the season, but that's a group that, Kind of after that SEMO game, we said, oh, they'll be okay. Garcia played fine. Jaden Jackson stepped up. Keegan Johnson's going to be okay. But after that Missouri game, you know, Ben Sinnott as a pass catcher did not get much help around him. And so wide receivers, they're not out of the water yet. And, of course, the offensive line, boy, you just hope that Christian Duffy can can make a difference there. Yeah, he's got to. He's got to solidify that. I – won't be able to do it because I can't concentrate that long, but I'd like to count the number of snaps he takes because I think at the end of the day, if he's doing okay, he's going to go 40-plus. Even though they talked about 30, he's going to be well over Kansas State's, half of Kansas State's offensive snaps, I would think. Would you like that to be my duty in the press box? Just to count? I'm not going to be there. Never mind. I'll count on TV. That's right. You're gone this weekend. Oh, it's going to be a good weekend. You're you're going to Vegas, right? Yeah. Are your Steelers out there? Oh yeah. Is that is that this one? Yep, that is this one. 
Maybe play some poker while I'm out there. <laughs> Have a good time. You gonna put any money on the Steelers to win? You know what? I haven't decided if I'm gonna do all my bets physically and get tickets or just do it online. Got to do it online before you go. Is it not? You can go to it out there. There's no DraftKings or FanDuel in. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I got to get one of those weird apps. Did you guys see? Side topic here. What's going on in Vegas with the cyber attack? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Where are you staying? I'm staying at the Tuscany. Oh, my God. What is that? Small little little resort. It's not a resort. It's a dump. Small little dump. Is it a, it's truly not an MGM property, is it? No. Okay. Yeah. Fitz, I'm sorry. You're going to be living it up big. Maybe when we go in November, you can get me a better place, huh? Yeah, you yeah, circus. You're going to love where we're staying in November. <laughs> it's it's going to be, it, it'll introduce you to a whole new world. That was a musical pause because everyone could hear the song in their head, except for Gilbert. He has nothing no, in his I'm head. too young. I don't know what that song okay, is. Anyways, move on. Buyers DVM wants to know how much of a QB controversy would we get if Avery starts this week and has a big game against UCF? Uh, again, I don't think the coaches want anything to do with that. But I think everyone realizes what Will did this year. He's not going to lose his spot unless it's in, you know, lingering injuries. If he's physically healthy, I, I think even your, you know, more emotional fan will realize. Yeah, it's his job. There'll be always be someone like they're gonna play Avery. Will sucks. Yeah, there's that always happens. That is inevitable. That people will get mad at the starting quarterback and offensive coordinator. Uh, that's just how it works in the world. So uh, I hope it's a problem they have. Honestly, even if they want to avoid it, if Avery goes out there and plays that well, I I think you have to then realize. We just can't put him in for gimmicks like we did at Missouri. Not that it was a gimmick, but a selective scheme. Um, I think Zach's in a fight. And um, let's let him go out and play. Go do his thing. Run the ball. Throw the ball. So, look, if we, it, that's one of the things I'm excited about. If Will is indeed out, let's see. Let's go. Let's see what happens. I agree. You did you ask the second question? Um, yeah, right? No? Yeah, I did. Buyers DVM? Okay. I wasn't sure. Well, you were currently Sorry. fighting with a dog. a dog. A needy dog. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're... <laughs> Jeez. Daphne. Daphne's all over me. <laughs> what did you give Daphne this morning? She is... Oh, or what did you not give her that you usually do give her? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be... I don't think there'll be much of a controversy. Because I think that you're waiting on Will to get healthy. If Avery has a great game great but also i think it'll be kind of like last year you see adrian come back in right he came back will went in for a little bit then avery came or then adrian came in and then obviously adrian was done for the season but you know i don't think that avery having one game is gonna cause a controversy here especially you know there's still some question marks about ucf too so it's not like if he balls out against texas or something where you're just like well that's what we got to do now so i don't think there'll be much controversy will howard's been fine he's had a few interceptions and stuff but well i this I, is injury related i think interceptions um have been receiver related more than anything running wrong routes o-line related the first one. yeah you know they're just on different pages I think Saturday's was, I think Trayshawn cut off a route. He thought he was going to continue to run through it. 
So he ended up throwing it right to a defensive back. But I, I just think they were on different pages. Treshawn settled down into a little area, and Will thought he was running through it. I agree. Thank you. From KSU Royals Cat. So nice is Jerome Tang's basketball is Jerome Tang basketball's equivalent to Coach Prime, even though Prime is on another level because of his celebrity? I think kind of. There was a 24-7 story about this as if there was a a college basketball equivalent. And then the thumbnail, Jerome Tang was featured. So the comparison has been made, at least in uh, one, I one think space. The difference is everyone knew Prime coming in before he went to Jackson State. They knew what it was all about. And, you know, now that he's on a bigger stage, he's getting all that attention. I don't think people had any clue. We didn't when Jerome Tang arrived that no. it would be kind of this um, level of magnetic personality. And I think we'll see that uptick in, in national exposure this year. I think we'll see more games in, in good time slots and bigger channels, bigger platforms because of Jerome Tang. We saw it with Frank Martin that, you know, they wanted to have Storm and Frank on the sideline and be entertained by it and all of his scowling. So, yeah, it's going to make a difference. I think K-State basketball is going to get a lot of bounce out of it. But the bounce that Colorado is getting with Prime is obnoxious. However, did you see those ratings? Mm-hmm. They went over $9 million for a game with Colorado State. It was the only game in the time slot worth I, watching. I agree, but it's now been consistent over three weeks. Their ratings have been dramatically high, comparable to elite programs. This is incredible, fortuitous timing for the Big 12. Right when the Big 12 has a bunch of crappy teams, the Pac-12 decides it's going to be really good and with the most entertaining story in their last season because they were so... Such a mess for many years. And the Arizona schools are also playing football, too. They've, yes. they've fielded teams. Arizona's okay. Arizona State is uh, probably what Arizona used to be. <laughs> hot trash, com- <laughs> even compared to Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Yeah, they, and, I mean, they got shut out at home by Fresno State, which is a good team. Don't get me wrong. But they, I think they played like 17 quarterbacks, and none of them were worth a damn. I think it's interesting you make the Frank Martin comparison, but it's funny because the reasons for wanting Jerome Tang are the complete opposite reasons of Frank. Frank was just, you know, mean floor general during the game. For Jerome, you want all the stuff that has nothing to do with the game. You want him to win and you want him to go up in the crowd and wabash with the students and, you know, maybe get on the microphone and talk to people like... The game is secondary. Granted, he coaches a really fun type of basketball that the team plays, which is so much better and different than the 10 years that Bruce Weber was the coach here. It's just so refreshing, and it's great basketball product for television. So it's the comparison is there with Frank, but the reasons are completely opposite just based on their personalities. But the thing, the thing is, like, Jerome Tang, he's not entertaining. He's just who he is, and he's so likable, and he wins yes. games. Frank was a maniac. Deion Sanders is a – I'll a, let you fill in the blank, you know? A sh- I don't A shtick. Sure. It's yeah. yeah, it's – Tang's just a lovable dude, and yeah. he's genuine. He doesn't get up and dance with the students for ratings. He does that because he, he loves, loves the students. Right. Prime, yeah. if he's going to go yeah, and do that, he wants it because the camera's on him. 
Yeah. There's a showmanship aspect of Deion Sanders and Coach Prime. There is I mean, just look at look at the stuff like if you go to, you know, Colorado's, you know, shop on Fanatics or whatever, every Colorado shirt, every Nike Colorado product has Prime's logo on it. It's just it's it's so ridiculous how it's less about Colorado than it is about Prime. You know, if Prime leaves, nobody's going to care about Colorado football. It's oh, just yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody's there for Coach Prime. I don't think that's the case in basketball. I think you could be a fan of Jerome Tang, but the team is more important than the personality, which I don't think is the case. I don't think you can say it about any college basketball coach comparing it to Deion Sanders. And maybe one day there will be that type of hype around a basketball player, you know, that becomes a coach and creates an environment that's winning and exciting for the fans in the country as Deion Sanders. But I don't know if that's now or anytime soon. Coach prime is what KU football had hoped Les miles would turn into be. Yeah, that's a great point to sort of revitalize that program. Yep. That's a great point. Unfortunately, Les miles didn't know his own name. He was a little lost in, yeah, I, I've got prime fatigue, but I love the story. I get it. I enjoy watching them play. Did I see that they had the lowest FPI or something win total of any Power 5 school? I think that was probably right. It's insane. I mean, their over-under was three and a half was their total. <laughs> so if they win one more game, all of those overs cash. There won't be for a couple of weeks, I don't think. I think you're probably right. There were like three it, touchdowns to Oregon. Yeah, they got Oregon and then USC, right? Coming yeah. up. That won't go well. Or will it? Or will it? And, well, without Travis Hunter, I think they're damaged goods. He's he's Coach Prime all over again. I mean, as someone who saw Deion Sanders play at Florida State and then in the NFL, yeah, it's the same thing. Incredible talent. But, I, again, I'm going to reiterate if you're called for a personal foul that leads to an injury, you should sit out as long as the other player does. Period. It'll stop it. It'll absolutely stop it. If you are deemed to have intentionally hit someone to injure them, then you have to sit out. And Max, at the rest of the season, I mean, if you end someone's career, it doesn't end your career, but I, I think you have to sit out. I think the Colorado State safety shouldn't be playing until Travis Hunter comes back. It'll stop these things. Okay. Well, had nothing to do with that. But. Last question of the Power Cat podcast. Uh, you're stalling, aren't you? That, that sounds like stalling. We're trying to get Should her. we talk about the dog some more? We're, yeah. Okay. Toilet water. There was a toilet fella. water. They have a bowl in the bath. It's too loud. Yeah. That's just her. She's a loud drinker. Never take her to a bar. From old fella. Old fella. Last question. How deep is the apparent upheaval in the Big 12 as newcomers do well while expected stronger teams stumble early on this year? I love it. I love it. I mean, I don't know how good BYU is going to be. Look, I don't think the SEC is all that. But, uh, I mean, we'll find out about BYU this weekend when they go to Kansas. That's a really entertaining matchup. We'll get to see most of it. You know, it's going to be should be done long before K State kicks off, 
in theory. Houston's bad. Cincinnati, pretty bad. So it's pretty much BYU and UCF. But boy, what's happened at Iowa State and Oklahoma State is just hard to fathom. Those were two hot names in coaching that have just crashed to earth and their programs have followed with them. Matt Campbell probably couldn't get a job bagging at Hy-Vee right now. <laughs> and he was, he, everyone thought he was the next coming of Nick Saban. Boy, he messed up by, by staying at Iowa State, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know where exactly who would have went. I'm sure you would know probably better than me, but. He had a lot of opportunities, I think, yeah. in the Big Ten, but he was just kind of holding out for Ohio State, I think. He probably could have even gone to Wisconsin this yeah. last year if he really wanted it. Yep, I agree. That was probably the last job that he probably could have taken because I don't think he's going to get anything nearly that high in the future. And Mike Gundy's got himself distracted by stuff. Maybe being the grumpy old man, maybe you know the political stuff happened that kind of offered a distraction. He's lost his locker room. He doesn't want to mess with the NIL, which, yeah. look, you have to. You, you have to find a way to accommodate it. And now, all of a sudden, I don't think he's hireable for anyone else because it just looks like he's now completely out of step with the, yes, radical changes in this world of college football. Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy went from being 40 and a man to being in his mid-50s and completely lost. He just doesn't seem to know what's going on in college football right now, and he can't adjust to it. Life's about adjusting to things. He's kind of Bill Snyder at the end. Yeah. Right. He's like 20 years younger and yet doing the same things we saw. I don't know. I just didn't expect that from Gundy. I think the, the collapse at Iowa State is... Was was one that we could see coming, right? I did not expect Mike Gundy to really just kind of have his program fall off like this. But with the new, and these are the two teams that played football. in Big Twelve championship games since Texas has. I know. Oklahoma State was in '01 and Iowa State in '21. Jeez, '21 and um, Big Twelve was in 2001, huh? Yeah, and yeah Iowa it, State in 2020. Yeah, it. And now look at them. And Baylor also is struggling. I think they're not as bad, but guys, I'm telling you, you look at K-State's schedule, they get through Saturday. They've got great opportunities ahead. Now go to Oklahoma State. We're going to find out more about Tech this weekend. Don't they play at Cincinnati? We're going to find out more. You know, yeah, they got Texas looming down there, but what's TCU about? I don't know that they're that great. They still got Iowa State on this schedule. They still got Baylor on this schedule. Kansas, you know, I think they're good, but how good? Look, I, if you bet the over on Kansas, you're going to cash because they've got so many winnable games, particularly if they win Saturday with BYU. As much as I've championed the Big 12 and how good it's been over the last few years, it's trash. I'm not even sure Texas is that good after seeing what Alabama looked like. On Saturday, we'll find out more about Alabama here in the next few weeks. But now that starts to get devalued. And a couple topics before we close. How much do voters look down upon Missouri that Kansas State can lose on the road at an SEC venue on a last second field goal and drop from 15 to out of the rankings? That's not a K State vote. That's you lost to a trash team vote. 
I'm, I'm stunned by that. What is K-State theoretically ranked? 28, I think. Okay. So they did get a few votes still. That's oh, yeah. crazy that still they Still more than Missouri, yeah. which is undefeated. <laughs> it's crazy. They'll, it's just crazy. And one more thing before we wrap up shop here. Chris Kleiman was not in Lansing on Sunday. He flew back with the team and was in the football facility on Sunday working, handling the Daniel Green news and doing all the stuff he does on Sunday. I didn't hear this rumor. What? Where you been? It was on our own message board. It was on our own message board. Well, and it made it message board geniuses. Uh, Well, I've... I was off the Nobody is interviewing at Michigan State right now. It's still the middle of the season. No coach is going to abandon their team to go have an interview after the third game of the season. At least in person. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, maybe they're out there feeling out interest, but they haven't even fired the guy yet. They're trying to for cause. They've informed him they will fire him for cause. And, <laughs> I, and I guess it just comes down to he won't be back. But they might have to pay like $80 million to make the change. I think he's going to win that lawsuit. I don't know. But no, I'm not worried about Chris Kleiman going to Michigan State. Because I bet you if he picked up the phone, Scotty Hazleton will go, no, don't come. No, it's a mess up here. Honestly, folks, all the stuff that's gone on at Michigan State, from the gymnastics stuff on down, that is not an environment that you want to go into and try to win football games. It's just not. It's a mess up there. And, by the way, your little brother. You are little brother to the Wolverines. That's it for this edition of the Powercat Questions Podcast. We are sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Please go to the fridge. Tell them you heard about them on the Powercat Podcast. Make us feel good. Make them feel like... They're not throwing their money to advertise with an idiot who doesn't even know where they're located at, which is also true, but I don't want to feel that way. Kickoff 7 p.m. Saturday night at The Bill. We will see you there. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.